Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Usually, each week we discuss a chapter from the Harry Potter series, but today we're doing something a little different. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. Today we're doing another bonus episode, episode 61 and a half, Harry Potter and Fandom, with our special guest, Mark Oshiro of Mark Does Stuff. Um, first, we got announcements. Um, you can use the hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter to follow along. Um, you can also tag and follow us at We Black and Nerds. Submit to Hogwarts BSU and imagine life as a Black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, check out the website for guidelines, blackgirlscreate.org. Um, love our blog, Love Wizard Team. Um, have a few extra galleons lying around. Please consider becoming a Patronus. Um, Starting with uh, Goblet of Fire, which was early a few days ago, um, we are video recording the regular Wizard Team episodes, and our Patroni, or patrons as they're called in the mogul world, um, will have access, or do have access to those videos. Um, so you should become a Patronus of Wizard Team and Black Girls Create, and then you can get awesome perks. Awesome perks. Um, and if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, um, rate and review us on iTunes and on whatever podcast carrier that you are listening to this on. The higher our ratings and the more reviews we have, the more visibility we'll get and the more listeners we'll get. And so we appreciate that. Um, and if you, oh wait, check out our new look on and website at blackgirlscreate.org. If you want to be a little fun, you can type in blackgirlsnerdout.com and then watch it like redirect if you just like feel fancy or whatever. Um, but yeah, so we we upgraded, we glowed up, and so you should check out um, our new look. Yeah, we um, have a bunch of cool things on the way, and uh, our new look and our new site will reflect some cool things we have coming up, some things that, you know, the change in focus of what we're trying to do. Um, but we're still the same girls, and we're still nerding out. Also, subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on social media if you want to keep track written real time of what we have going on what's on our mind what we're doing um at we black and nerds on twitter as usual black girls create on all other platforms um at robin underscore ravenclaw at yana underscore hollows and then boom you got access first we want to introduce our guest mark oshiro Mark is a Hugo-nominated writer for, of the online Mark Does Stuff universe, where he analyzes books and television series unspoiled, largely in the science fiction fantasy genres. He was the nonfiction editor of Queers Destroy Science Fiction and the co-editor of Speculative Fiction 2015. He is the president of the Con or Bust Board of Directors. His first novel, a YA contemporary about police brutality, is being edited, and his life goal is to pet every dog in the world, which is also a goal I share, mm -hmm. which Good goal. is really great. Um, my cousin sent me this, like, Vine video of a girl, like, losing her shit every time she sees a dog, and I was like, valid. That is me. Yep, that's yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would like to, I'm happy to report that I've... Um, petted my neighbor's dog. I don't know my neighbor's name yet, but we had a moment and his dog flirts with me. And I think That's it's beautiful. just a matter of time. You really don't need to get to know the neighbor. You just need to get to know I the dog. I just need to get to know the neighbor enough no so that like, when he goes out of town, oh, yes. he can, can be like, hey, see, can you watch my dog? thinking ahead. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be like, I still don't know your name. But yeah. No, who cares? <laughs> sure. I don't care. 
<laughs> Hi, stranger. Hi, neighbor. Hi. Yep. <laughs> Hi, puppy with the cutest waggy tail ever. Okay. Sounds, so seems legit. <laughs> it's so legit. Um, so we just have a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, I know that I found you. God, I feel like 2006 or seven. Does that make sense? Uh, if it was pre Mark Reed's, yeah. That uh, well, like, what was it in the middle of? Do you remember? Like, had I, I already started I, doing Mark Reed's? I feel like you were doing Twilight, so I think it was Mark so Reed's. 2009. Okay, so two thousand. That oh, that doesn't. <laughs> so I'm, I have this picture of my sad self in a small room. So that's why I thought it was like a dorm room, but yeah. it was my sad self in my um, Los Angeles apartment. Yeah, that's the same similar thing. Um, but I, oh man, I, I loved your read of Twilight, right. and I and I am so different from you because I don't mind spoilers. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, when the spoiler stuff was happening and, like, in the comments and it was just so fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am kind of one of those trolls. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I never spoiled because I was always really oh, scared yeah. that I would get just... <laughs> destroyed. Destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, and then I think um, from there, it was, like, a really fun thing. And then when you started reading Harry Potter... I was like, wow, because you do such a great job of, if you guys, our listeners don't know, Mark reads and um, live reads, kind of what we're doing with the books, except he writes it, and you do such a good job of, like, 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 I I can see your face and your reactions through your writing. Yeah. 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 And I feel like when you were doing Harry Potter for the first time, I kept being like, oh, I can't wait till you get here. You don't even know. <laughs> and like, you can reread those. Um, by the way, you can go to markreads.net and you can like pick up those compilations. Um, I would highly recommend Mark Reads Harry Potter and Mark Reads Twilight. I think um, I have all of them actually. All the Harry yeah. Potter ones. They're like all the Harry Potter. Track. That is amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually. Robin like introduced me to you. I guess it was like two years later because I was in college. She was like, "You need to read this," and then I I like binged it, um, binge read it because that's what I was able to do back then. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I was like, especially same with Harry Potter. I was like, oh yes, this is gonna take a while, and I'm excited about it. Like. <laughs> and you're actually how we got the idea to do the podcast, um, to do it chapter by chapter and like to really, I mean, obviously we know everything. Um, when you were doing Harry Potter, you didn't know, you did a reread. I did a reread years later, but yeah. uh, no, but when I was reading it for the first time, I only knew the, the major spoiler of Snape Kills Dumbledore because it was impossible to not know that at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and then I just knew vague, you know, it was wizards. One of them is named Harry Potter. I think I knew like Hermione was a character. Yeah. Uh, but no, I didn't know anything about the series. And you started reading them after the movies were... Almost all the movies out. Half-Blood yeah. Prince. Oh, wait. Uh, I don't know if Half... No, I think Half-Blood Prince had already come out. So I got. I did get to watch Deathly Hallows, uh, both of them at midnight yeah. release parties. Um, that's something that I'm always kind of sad about with, like, Bayana and, like, not that you guys are newer, you're by any means, like, newer Harry Potter fans, but just fans of Potter who were reading it, like, 
alongside the um, movies because I spent the first three books being like Hermania. Hermania. Oh, I thought her name was Hermione for like a good like year or so. Yeah, that's fair. The first movie came out and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so the fact that you even knew Hermione was like Yeah, I was lucky. I didn't have to worry about that. Um, so we have a couple of questions, mm-hmm. um, but you know, conversational interview style, what made you get into Harry Potter? Uh, I can actually attribute that to one single person. Her name is Brie McGuire. She worked alongside me at BuzzNet, um, and she had been following along every day with my Mark Reed's Twilight reviews. Um, and she was, had told me, I really, you know, I was nearing the end of, of Twilight, so I was in uh, whatever the last book is called, Breaking Dawn, I think. Yeah. So I was in Breaking Dawn, and I was uh, at least within, le- I'd had less than a month left before I'd be done with it. And she told me that she's like, I really like seeing you do this, but I think it would be interesting to see you do the same thing, but for a book you would like, and see if that's <laughs> yeah. any different. Just mm-hmm. because it is fun, but she's like, you're also, it's like an all-caps hate machine. And, yeah. that, you know, you can only do so much of that. And yeah. so she was the one who suggested Harry Potter. And I was like, I don't do wizards. I just don't. <laughs> I don't read fantasy that much. I'm much more a science fiction person. And she was like, it's not what you think it is. You should try it out. And so... Um, yeah, I remember showing up to work one day in the whole box, the paperback set that has like the, yeah. the, the what's his name's art on the outside of it. It was just sitting on my desk at work and I was like, well, it's here. <laughs> I guess I'll read them. So I got into it all because of Brie, uh, who is still wonderful and my friend. And it, it's all because of her, um, you know, and and if you go back to Marguerite's <laughs> Harry Potter, you can tell in the first few reviews, I trade really hard to be the same kind of like snarky. <laughs> I don't like this thing. And then Hagrid shows up and I'm like, never mind. This is great. This is amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I think I tried to do the same thing and it is, it's a totally different, you do different kind of criticism when you actually are enjoying something. Even if you come across things later that you're like, fuck this, this is oh, terrible. You know, like, oh, but yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that was, that's how I got into Harry Potter. Yeah, um, full disclosure, we're live at LeakyCon. Well, um, <laughs> two-thirds of us In between are. panels. Two-thirds, are, two-thirds are of us are live at LeakyCon in between a panel. We um, just finished a just hate fest of uh, Cursed Child, so that we, I have questions about that coming oh, up. Oh, excellent. Um, and, so, and then we're about to do um, an intersectionality and Harry Potter panel together. Um, this is jealous that you can't see <laughs> <laughs> next year I hope we'll see we're hoping yeah Ugh. she you can't be a part of like fandom and work in programming and events like Y'all, you have I you know. can't do that events always happen around the same time they yeah always do always <laughs> so um okay so <laughs> um what is your favorite thing about the Harry Potter fandom so far uh, oh, the conventions. I, like, sorry to rub this in your face anymore, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, my first, I finished Mark Reed's Harry Potter, um, on, in October. No, actually, Halloween of 2010, so it was a very, very fitting day to end this, re- my read-through of it. Um, and then the next year, the next summer in 2011 was when, uh, the folks who run LeakyCon were like, hey, do you want to come out to Orlando? We have a convention. We would love to have you do a Mark Reed's Harry Potter panel. Um, and it was, you know, this is the only thing I did that year, but I had no notion of what this community was or that there are these, I knew there were Harry Potter conventions, but I had no idea what happens at them. So, um, ever since then, I have not missed a leaky con since 2011. So this is my, um, oh my God, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Seventh. This is my seventh 
LeakyCon Mischief Management Convention. Mm-hmm. I don't miss any of them. They're my favorite part That's of the year. That's where I'm like, getting to. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's... I've already got that. It's such a great community. Um, it tends to skew younger than a lot of the sci-fi fantasy conventions I go to, and much more women and people of color. Uh, you know, um, not to, no, whatever. I'll throw them under that's, the bus. You can, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah. But, um, and so it's this thing where I've always felt accepted and I can just be myself here. Um, and, you know, I've made lifelong, fr- I have friends that I see outside of the convention, you know, outside of this part of the year and it's, it's wonderful. And, you know, it is absolutely the best part of being in the Harry Potter fandom. Guys, so I'm like following Mark and his friends around. I met the, I met them at Leviosa. Yeah. I met Mark first at WonderCon um, when I had just gotten accepted to LeviosaCon. and I was like nervous and I was like oh, I don't know. Um, it's great, but though. it was really like. And he was like, "Oh, you're going to have a ton of fun." And then I had fun, and then I met like the little Mark group of awesome people that he hangs out with and the squad and now I'm just like following them around like let me be your friend let me be part of this I want to be part of this how do I be part of this I'm here but you can that's the thing that I like about I think a lot of other conventions you get the clicks and you get the like groups of people and they're impenetrable and there's no way to ever be part of other friend groups here and here I can come and while I have like my core group of like five or six people who I hang out with you know heavily while I'm here (laughs) I can also then go somewhere else and then I'm like oh here are my fan fiction people here are my cosplay people like it's so great because you can just sort of move from group to group here um so yeah things overheard um so far at leaky con was a girl saying oh i'm here by myself and another girl being like oh you're, you're here with me now and then they just walked off and i was like i love con I my favorite thing like I, that in my life. yeah fandom people are the best people i my favorite thing i overheard was one of the staff members ask another staff member did voldemort lose his finger because there's a giant like like prop There's Voldemort, a huge Voldemort, and apparently one of his fingers broke off. Oh no! <laughs> he probably deserved Which we it, should have asked. Now I th- no, never mind. That's a gross question. No, no, no. 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 We'll get to Cursed Child. Okay, a, we'll get that. We'll get <laughs> we can be as gross as we want. Yeah. I mean, I already I did a little finger, mm, uh, whatever, guys. So, <laughs> what do you think is your favorite book of the series? Oh, uh, uh, Order of the Phoenix. Yes, easy. No question, yes. Order yes. of the Phoenix. I, yes. It's my favorite. I love PTSD angst, Harry, so much. Oh, it's, uh, it's, I love the themes of the book. I, uh, you know, I'm, and for me, it's a very personal thing, too, because I was reading the series and writing about it all the time. And when I got to Order of the Phoenix, I had a very, very unique experience, which was that it was the first book I'd ever read where a person, well, it was a book for children where a person of authority abused a student that was very, very explicit, you know, everything with uh, Umbridge. And I'd never read that in a YA novel in my life. And so I had a very, very emotion, huge emotional attachment to that book because I, I didn't think it was possible to see that in... I just never had, so it hadn't even crossed my mind. So that was a... Um, yeah, that was a big reason why... I don't know. I just... I love Order of the Phoenix a lot. The best, I mean, it's good book. or whatever, but mm, serious no, guys, and it's no... Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Only one shall die tonight. Which, by the way, my favorite movie is the Prisoner of Azkaban movie for because okay. I love Alfonso Cuarón a lot, yep. a lot, and I think his. It, despite that, he did leave out the Marauders, and I love the Marauders. Uh, you know, <laughs> I I think tonally it captures the book really well, and I love the way it looks, and and it's that point where the series starts to get a little darker, and it's just oh, I that's, love that movie. That's, I that's love it. my favorite book because it's the tipping point. To I mean, I'm not gonna at all deny Order of the Phoenix, and I think that it's kind of 
Um, okay, Diana, we know. We know how you feel. Um, we're about to get to... Uh, but I think that book, for me, when I... And I, and I, you know you have attachments to things in, when you first read them and stuff. And for me, that book was like, oh, shit gets real. And yeah. like yeah. People, adults are not... I mean, you know, you have the, the Dursleys in there, um, like almost cartoonishly evil and bad. But in um, Prisoner of Azkaban, you really have like there are systems in place that can hold people down and can get things wrong. And mm-hmm. um, so that was like really formative for me. Um, and Bayana, everyone knows your favorite book. I don't, I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to it's go the best on. book. It's fine. It's the best If book. you guys don't know, Bayana's written about Order of the Phoenix um, a lot a on our list. website. Oh, no. That was about the movie because I hate the movie. So no, no, no. But you, about... yeah, you wrote, um, wrote a ranking of the movies, a ranking of the books. Oh, I did. I'm Yeah. yeah that was a while ago. I did. It that. was a while ago. Right. It was super early. Um and I really love the Prisoner of Azkaban movie, except for Bim, so it makes it hard yeah. for that to be my favorite <laughs> That's fair. one. I That's hate listen, fair. listen, it's like catching smoke with your bare hands. <sighs> she likes to, she's trying to bait me and I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. Does it? It doesn't. Does it? it does. Have you ever caught um, smoke at all? I've never tried. Life? Yeah, I just I've never tried, but I think when pos- I try, I'm possible. going to try with my bare hands and see how that goes. Um, well, so, what that. is your favorite movie of the series? Mark? Oh, it's yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's no question for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a weird relationship with the movies because I don't. I mean, they're good, but I think as the series goes on, they like they just get worse and worse. Like, really, I, I just really, saw the um, Deathly Hollows in IMAX, and I was like, this is a objectively beautiful movie. But it doesn't make any sense. Like, I think the movie logic and the movie mythology is so confusing because, and it's what we were talking about earlier where where the people who are writing the movie scripts realized they had to include certain elements of book canon, but they had not introduced them in the movie. (laughs) So, I mean, especially Deathly Hallows Part 1 is a hot mess. Like, it is just... (laughs) boring and it's full of exposition and I just don't like it at all. I and kinda, the mirror, he just like pulled out of his sock for I know. no reason. It's just yeah. so weird and I don't and know. And then they spend I a hate- lot of time explaining like it's they're just telling us what's going on as opposed to yeah. like every, also, they every time them- they mention a Horcrux and then define yeah. it. I'm like we should already know this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because yeah. Uh, Half Blood Prince is the worst of the Harry Potter movies. Thank you. It is the worst. It I is hate the it worst. so much. It is the worst. You're wrong. Because I only disagree You're wrong. because I hate the Order of the Phoenix movie so much. But they didn't burn down the burrow in the Order of they the Phoenix. Didn't, but they did a lot of things. They did a lot of things. <laughs> that movie is that saved movie by the off. performance of Umbridge and the duel between Voldemort and Dumbledore makes Order of the Phoenix. I haven't. I, I admittedly have not watched anything but the first two movies more than once, and I I mm. want to, like, because I have them all on Blu-ray now. Like, but I I. Excuse me. I I remember not hating the Order of the Phoenix movie, but it's been a while. I've reread the book like ten thousand times, <laughs> but I haven't rewatched the movie. So I'm I my the verdict is still out. But I just remember hating Half Blood Prince movie. We're gonna have to get make sure that you. We're gonna have to schedule it so that you can live tweet the movie with us when we get there in a couple yeah. Of years. Yeah, <laughs> like a year and a half. Yeah, like a year and a Phoenix for me, it was that my expectations were so high. Because yeah. it was my favorite one. So I was like, just, I was so excited. And then as it kept going on and on, I was just like, this is not good. And I was just getting yeah. like angrier and angrier. 
Um, and then the duel happened, and I was like, that was cool. And then I went back to being angry. So, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on canon extension expansion? We just kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, but for Well, the- uh, so there's two expansions happening, which is the Cursed Child I stuff. love that you say Cursed Child because it sounds so like, I know, fancy. It's so dramatic <laughs> when I say it that way. Um, so there's that, and then there's the Fantastic Beasts. Well, actually, there's three. There's that, and then there's also all the stuff that's happening on Pottermore. Um, I would say that I lost interest in any expansions about two years ago. Uh, I think the last year, I, it was funny because I saw a post today on Tumblr that was like, who knew that 2016 would be the year that like, like Trump is running for president, killer clowns are everywhere, and we're begging J.K. Rowling to stop writing stuff in Harry <laughs> Potter. Like, and I'm at a point now where I'm just, it's just, <coughs> excuse me, it's just so bad. I don't, I don't, I thought... Cursed Child was be- was terrible. I hated it. Um, most of the Pottermore stuff is racist, imperialist garbage. Um, and Fantastic Beasts looks pretty cool. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm, um, I think it might be okay. I was in my Uber on the way here, and I passed a f- large Fantastic Beast uh, billboard, and I have to like try to find it. And I might make my aunt drive around LA and so I can find it again yeah. so I can take a picture. But I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then Serafina Pickery and I met eyes and we had this moment of me being like, I hate what they've done to you, yeah. girl. I feel she for you. She doesn't make any sense. She doesn't make any sense. I, yeah. Um, so with that, um, you kind of like touched on like the thoughts, your thoughts about the expansion and diversity and imperialism um, discussions. Yeah. Um, how do you feel it's been handled um, in the Wizarding World? And when I say that, I mean by the owners, you know, Joe and yeah. Pottermore and the Warner Brothers, like Beast, um, and then also by like the fandom. Um, it's a hot mess. Is a good summary to start off with. <laughs> I feel like, um, you know. It was frustrating, too, because I would say, f- for the most part, doing Mark Reed's Harry Potter was a pretty joyous, exciting experience. But it was one of those things, and it wasn't a new thing, because I knew, I've known for many years that, you know, if you're in a fandom and you start talking about, like, you know, in-canon homophobia or racism or any of these things, it makes people uncomfortable because they don't want to talk. They just want to, you know, it's like the whole, don't harsh my squee. And I'm like, no. But anyway, but it's so... I had had frustrations, you know, with the original text, you know, at least the first seven books, where I thought things were fairly stereotypical, that when you get down to it, the majority, no, all of the main cast is white, and it's so boring. Um, And especially because I read the series and then went to London for the first time afterwards and realized what a lie it is (laughs) that London is not all white. It is, like, it's that's not what London looks like. It's a major city. And it hasn't looked like that for many years. Um, And so, I mean... I, I don't know if there's anything new that I can say in terms of what's been happening on Pottermore. Uh, it is, I, oh God. Like all of the like anti-indigenous shit is just so terrible and gross. And, you know, and I, I think if there's any point that like really sticks out to me as like what a sign of how mishandled this was, was the fact that, um, you know, Rowling thought it was appropriate to stick um, indigenous North Americans in boarding schools without knowing the history of boarding schools and how they were used to assimilate indigenous cultures into this white Eurocentric. And I'm just like, that. that, that is a thing that is emblematic of everything. Like, you don't even understand how just this basic idea of your schools is so offensive. And so, 
I mean, we didn't even really talk about it on the Cursed Child panel either, which is that it is so overwhelmingly white again. And that we get, what, one mention of a non-white character, which is in the alternate timeline, Ron's wife is, what's their name? I don't remember. The Grangers? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, Padma. Uh, Padma it's, Patel. It's Padma Patel. Yeah. <coughs> and I'm like, that's, that's it. And, and you know what's really, like, really interesting is because we were talking about, um, as we were doing, uh, talking about doing the Cursed Child panel and stuff, and I was just like, oh, but, you know, Hermione and um, Proma, at Proma What Up, had, like, shut me down and she said well no when, when you're reading it Her- Hermione is still white and yeah. it's like oh yeah and it sucks because it sucks. it's yeah. it's and here's the thing and it's a very uncomfortable conversation is it is great that that we are getting roles where non-white actors are being cast in them but there's a difference between racial representation and actual like racial justice mm-hmm. and I think it's a conversation by the way that is missed in the Hamilton uh, community as well is a lot of people think oh well now we've cast non-white actors in these parts that's all we have to do and I'm like no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> there's still more you have to do also it is it is it is I don't think it is enough to say here are roles that are traditionally for white people that now non-white people get to play I don't think that's enough I think what is missing is we want I want stories that are about non-white people I want stories where you can't take the blackness away from that character. And you I can't think take... what's missing in the dialogue about Hamilton, at least, because we are big Hamilton yeah. um, stands here, too, is he wrote them non-white, not, oh, here's people of color playing these white characters. Yeah. He wrote the music, the rapping, the, like, the, the base of that story is let me tell this historical story from the point of view and the yeah. cultural dialect of a different, of another person. Yeah. Which is why he also, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is so adamant about maintaining that casting yeah. choice, which I applaud him for, but I agree with you that people don't understand all of the nuance there. Right. And it's not just about, oh, there's a Puerto Rican playing Alexander Hamilton. It's like, no, there... Well, the th- and the thing that I'm, I'm looking for is that is if you're going to do it like with Cursed Child, it should be, here's a character who can't be anything else. Because mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. characters' default is we write them as white and we write them culturally as white. So I want something where... I don't want the next big musical to be a non-white version of a white history. I want it to be what I would like is let's tell the American Revolution from the point of view of all of the indigenous people who helped. Like, and I mean, that, I feel like that is a huge flaw in Hamilton as well, is that there is an entire component of that revolution that is missing that would also provide, here's a chance to provide representation for a group who is sorely underrepresented. You know, and so I think with Cursed Child, like, if you're going to talk about issues of diversity and inclusion, the problem is, is that it's not even in Joe's mind to, like, I'm going to write a main character who isn't white and who gets a story that is about like I that yeah that part hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. Like, we're, go ahead. Yeah, it's been it's been super frustrating for me because I remember um, it was like one of those I think it was Fantastic Beasts, one of those little like uh, like intro kind of things that she did and like the first Ugh. thing that she said. I have this word for word in my I next always, talk. I always write. She was like, I always gravitate towards, and I'm like paraphrasing, but like I always I gravitate towards the characters who are like marginalized or other yeah or, like, i write from different. the position of and the I'm other like, and i'm like who how, said this jk rowling jk said this. rowling literally said it in the introduction in her of brain scam- harry potter be- is um marginalized like an and other like newt and, and newt so scammander like, is, is other 
No. Because they're weird and they don't fit in. I'm like, I don't think you understand That's, what actually. No, she and I was me. like pissed. I couldn't even really watch the rest of the video. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I then it goes like, oh, and here's this trailer. And, then, <laughs> and yeah, it was just not. It was not good. And then I well, was just I like think, mad because I was like, if you, you can just say, okay, cool, like this is this is the character, and like we know he's white, fine, whatever. But if you're gonna like use that rhetoric and then give us a, a white dude, then I <laughs> no. I don't, yeah. I don't agree. And I think that's, again, that's the problem where people are mistaking. I think because the, the representation conversation so far, I think it's good that we're having it. I'm glad that it's getting so much traction. But we need such a deeper conversation to actually be happening because right now it's just visibility. It's and diversity visibility, and not inclusion. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a visible diversity which isn't enough. It's not enough to just say, oh, we see that this cast looks this way or these this group of characters from a book looks this way because I I care about what what roles are these characters being mm-hmm. put in you know you can have um, you you can have something like Harry Potter where lots of and I see people do it all the time they're like but if you look at, at actually the makeup of the characters who are named and who interact throughout the Harry Potter series like it's way more diverse than most you know why books and I'm like that's if you're just looking at it on the surface and you're saying this is what this character looks like this is their ethnic or racial background the end maybe however when all of the characters who are from a non-normative or non-majority culture or ethnic group or whatnot all are secondary or tertiary characters who don't really affect the story that's the issue that is more concerning to me and so you know it's it's that's why it's so frustrating. You know, we barely at the end of the Cursed Child panel, we're talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, queer baiting, and how the story sets up Albus and Scorpius as this tragic, um, not tragic, but like this tortured, almost love affair. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that well, I need a love affair with teenagers, but like the fact that they love each other so much and feel so much, and then at the last second, it's like, oh, remember Rose? Let's throw Rose in to <laughs> remind everyone that yeah. they're straight and. You know, the point I tried to make is that it's frustrating that this is a series about love and the power of love, and yet we still don't have one single positive representation of non, you know, of a non-heterosexual relationship. You know, and I say that, people are like, but Dumbledore, he's a great, uh, you know, he's a great positive character. And I'm like, yeah, but his relationship, the one relationship he had was so destructive, it almost tore the wizarding world (laughs) apart. Like, that's not positive. And as far as we know, he never had another relationship for like a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, which which is a horrible trope with, you know, queer and gay characters. Um, which do is... you kind of think, sorry, this just popped into my yeah. head, but um, since we learned um, with more of Joe talking that there is going to be five Fantastic Beasts movies and that they will touch on Dumbledore and Grindelwald, um, do you, I, I am expecting more queer baiting. Do you expect? Yeah, me too. What do you expect? Well, if, if it's, so here's the thing. It depends how much of this is based on canon. And if she sticks to what we know of their relationship, there, as far as we know, there was an actual, no actual reciprocation, um, mm-hmm. is that Dumbledore loved Grindelwald, but Grindelwald, we don't really know whether Grindelwald was gay or if he was just wanted the attention. So as far as we know, there was never reciprocation. So we're still not going to have something like uh, the first gay kiss in a Harry mm-hmm. Potter movie. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have affection, physical affection between two men. So my worry is... It's, and even it's if we be, did, it would be set in the 1920s and it would be just as unbelievable as a black woman president. <laughs> yeah. It's, unless they are they are kissing in, hi- in, like, in, in hiding and... 
and, and that then, is not like, positive. Yeah. How? Yeah. Know? Like well, I don't know that I've seen so many we're in the closet. We need to hide our love from everyone <laughs> stories that I don't know that I need another one. So I know a lot of people are excited, but I, I'm not. I've I've seen this story before. And even worse, I'm worried that the nature of the story means that there can never be any really positive interaction. Be- I mean, there can't. They end up fighting. Like, <laughs> I imagine the end, if if this is going to follow the timeline of their relationship, the last movie is going to be their big fight. Like, that. I don't know. That doesn't make me <laughs> feel terribly thrilled about any positive representation of, you know. Yeah. I know that you are in the editing process, the final process of writing your book. Yes. What is, is there any kind of things that you learned, good or bad, from Harry Potter that you wanted to infuse into your book? Yeah. And do you have, (laughs) is it a science fiction or is it fantasy Um, or is it a little bit of... Uh, It it was a fairly heavy science fiction book and part of the editing process. I actually finished the book back in February and it was uh, going to be a trilogy and it was going to be a science fiction trilogy. And uh, I sent it out to about 20, 25 different agents, got a few rejections, and got a lot of what is called uh, revise and resubmit, which is people saying um, um, that, uh, you know, it's different agents saying, I like this, but basically, can you edit it? I want the best version of this book. And so I had to make a choice because I got so much disparate uh, feedback. Like, none of none of the agents agreed with each other. They all wanted something different. <laughs> so I had to look at all of the feedback I got and figure out which direction I wanted to go with the story. The one thing I heard more than once was that you have an awesome story about this kid dealing with police brutality in the Bay Area, and you also have a science fiction novel on top of it. And so I decided to separate them out. So I have a... <coughs> excuse me. I have a, I have a science fiction trilogy I need to write someday. <laughs> I decided to focus it all on this kid, and so part of the rewrite is rewriting the entire novel to fit in a completely new storyline. I mean, there's a point where it deviates so much. I, I am, I'm now in the point where I have to rewrite the last six chapters mm-hmm. 100%. They are not even the same book. So it's a YA contemporary about police brutality in, in high school. Uh, it's kind of like very Veronica Mars. Like, there's a mystery, and I, I, I rip off Veronica Mars a lot because I don't care. <laughs> I love Veronica Mars. <laughs> But yeah, so things I learned, things I learned was uh, everything is gay all of the time. So, you know, that was a huge thing was to have representative relationships that felt real and didn't, I didn't want to do the whole pigeonhole token sort of thing that Harry Mm -hmm. Potter does. Whereas we have, you know, one person from each of these groups and that's how it works. No, I, I looked up the, you know, a lot of the demographic makeup of high schools in Oakland during the time period that it's set, you know, and so you have multiple, the vast majority of the characters are black because it's set in, in East Oakland and West Oakland, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, West Oakland area, and so you, you can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have people of multiple sexualities because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Also, they tend to be friends with each other because we roam together like wolves. wolves. Like, yeah. That's I'm how it works. I am the only one of my friends, and this is a really funny thing of my friend group in college, I am the minority because I'm a straight woman. Yeah. And I am the unicorn. And it is always funny to me when people are like, what was your experience like? And I was like, I was surrounded by gay men. Like, my entire, like, gay men hang out with gay men, hang out with gay men, and they happen to like me. Yeah. (laughs) I got adopted into that. But, yeah. So, yeah. Anything that doesn't show that is kind of The other big thing that I did was um, I wanted to create a high school experience that felt a little more real to me. And one of the difficulties is how do you balance? If you're narrating it all from one character, how do you balance all of the people they meet and how many people they knew? So what I hope I have accomplished is this idea that you have maybe a core friend group, 
but your group changes and that you have these like circles of people who like move in and out of each other. And so, I mean, it's a lot. I'm dealing with like 50 to 60 named characters in this high school. And how do you do that without making it confusing? And so I, I, that's the Veronica Mars thing, by the way, that mm-hmm. is totally ripping off Veronica Mars. Cause I wanted to do that. Like Rob Thomas and, and Diane uh, Wright did that so well. And that's what I, I, I want to do with it. So, okay. So we are running out of time. <laughs> Um, so we end each episode by nominating an MVP of the chapter that we're reading and benching someone of the chapter. But since this is not about a chapter, um, we're going to talk about the MB- who would you name as MVP of Harry Potter series, Wizarding World? Oh, God. And who would you bench? Uh, I'm going to nominate as the MVP Luna Lovegood. Yes. Uh, for being my favorite Ravenclaw of all time and also just not giving a shit. In the, in the way of, like, I'm going to be myself. She cares deeply about everyone around her. But, like, she is, I'm going to be an individual and be weird. And it's this is who I am. Mark just uh, said he loved me, guys. Yes. Okay. It's true. <laughs> and then I'm going to bench. Um, oh, who am I going to bench? Who am I going to piss off? Okay, well, this? Bayana, who is your MVP? We'll go and you think yeah. about who you're going to okay. bench. Okay. Who's my MVP? I guess I'll say Hermione because That's I you. have a connection <laughs> with her. Yeah. Um, I would probably say a tie between Luna and Sirius, and Sirius. because those are my guys. The, the, I am the Luna, the weird, and I'm okay being weird, but I am also Sirius, in which I have no chill and Absolutely no. Absolutely no chill. Hey, calm down I'm there. Just, I'm just saying it was. That was real quick. <coughs> That's a real quick endorsement of my <laughs> not having chill, and I don't. But you don't. It's fine. It's true. I mean, it is true. <laughs> He hasn't even known you that long, and he knows. Like, Y'all don't know me at I all. Just, it's true. Robin, it's, it's can really I, obvious. Can I, can I bench? I'll just fuck it. I fucking, I'll bench Voldemort. Fuck Voldemort. What an asshole. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> Trying to kill babies. Like, come on. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know what I was, he has uh, we talked about too. for Harry. It's kind of a problem. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we talked so about, like, how it. many babies did he kill that just didn't happen to live because they weren't hairy. Yeah. Fuck right. Voldemort. Yeah. I feel like it's an obvious answer, but come on. Fuck Voldemort. Fuck Voldemort. What about you, Diana? Um, you should go first. I know who you're going to bench, though. I'm benching Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh, okay. For taking all my money and not giving me what I want. Yep. And I'm bitching that Snape-ass motherfucker yep. for being a Snape-ass motherfucker. Fuck you. Can we bench and the broom Chris, you wrote in Chris on. Child, too? Oh, yeah. We totally we benched Chris okay. Child. Yeah, I, I just professionally bench. benched it for an hour, so. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, then I'm benching the augury for making no goddamn sense. Yes. That's a good answer. Because. That's great. I, Thank you, y'all. That, yeah. yeah. I'm so glad I got to do this. We're so excited this that you did this. Um, Thank you. Yeah. should do it again. Anytime. Okay. We'll, we'll have to figure this out better. Our setup. The way, our, the way our... When Phoenix comes, you can read a chapter with us. Oh, yes. 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 Okay, yes. we need to make this happen. Okay. Um, all right, so we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening. On Wednesday, we will resume our regular schedule, and we'll be discussing Chapter 2 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Scar. Uh, make sure to read and follow along. Get your votes in. That is still important. I know it's early on, and we're, you know, votes will be open for some months. No, get them in now. You're not going to remember six months from now. You're going to be like, chapter two? Who that was that? Back, all the way back in October. It's, it's May. I didn't do the math on this, by the way, just so you know. So it's May. I don't think that's eight months after. Who cares? I'm just saying, it's a long way from here. Just get them in early. 
it's gonna be added up and you don't have to worry about it get it on the it's spreadsheet awesome. now and then you thoughts just get it on the spreadsheet now give us your thoughts and your feelings what do you think about um i don't know Wormtail being a rat bastard. What do you think about Voldemort and Nagini and the milking of the venom or something? And like, you know, let us know. Hashtag Who is the second person that has to die? Who has to die? We can't Still remember. Not sure. Still and in eight remember. months, you won't remember either. So nope. just get them those thoughts. Now. Do it now. Um, yeah. Uh and remember. Our website, blackgirlscreate.org. We're on all of the socials at Black Girls Create, except for Twitter, where we're at we black and nerds. Hashtag wither team at Yana underscore Hallows at Robin underscore Ravenclaw. And join our Wizard Team Facebook group. It's lit. Things are going down in the Wizard Team streets. And you won't really know about it unless you're in the group. Get in the group. Bye.